if I don't get to say it uh, to you later, happy Thanksgiving. It's a wonderful uh, holiday to be with family, friends, and tonight uh, is sort of the pre-gaming of, of our feasting, a little bit of pie, uh, of course looking forward to turkey and stuffings and mashed potatoes and all those other things and the other traditions that people have. It's a blessing. Thanksgiving is a time for us also to explore some spiritual aspects, and certainly we should be thankful every day and live our, a life of thanksgiving, but sometimes these holidays, these moments kind of crystallize our attention in a way that is really helpful. And as I think about the two scriptures we just heard, the gospel and Luke of the ten lepers who are healed, and then Paul's letter to the Corinthians, uh, which is his second published letter in the New Testament, uh, writing to the church. But exploring the, the, the correlation and maybe sometimes tension between gratitude and generosity. The gospel story is one of many healing stories that, that Jesus participates in. It says he's passing through the region between Samaria and Galilee. So he's sort of in an in-between place uh, geographically. And ten lepers come up to him and, and say, have mercy on us. They, they believe and trust, and maybe they're just so desperate, but they've heard about Jesus. This is Luke chapter 17, so it's well advanced into his ministry where this story takes place. Have mercy on us. And he heals them. And he says to the group, which we can surmise are, are nine Jewish and one Samaritan, go and show yourselves to the priest. And so the nine Jews go to find the local priest, and the Samaritan seems to be going and then realizes what has happened to him, that he has been healed, been restored to health, and really restored to community and relationships, goes back puts himself at Jesus' feet, praising God with a loud voice, and thanks Jesus, to which Jesus says, we're not ten made clean, where are the other nine? Now, at some level, this story could simply be about the, the need to be grateful, that if someone does something that's a blessing to you, something that changes your life for the better, don't just go off and live your life, be thankful. I think there's a little bit more to it, because I think they all were thankful. The nine who are Jewish and are, are told to go show yourselves to the priest, as lepers, people would not associate with them. They wouldn't touch them. They wouldn't be near them. They had to live amongst each other and have no exposure to anyone. By showing themselves clean and restored and in good health to the priest, they could now worship again. So they were barred from even coming to the place of worship. Going and showing themselves to the priest was a readmission into their faith community, probably to their families, their friends, all the others that they had known previously, would have, they would have been untouchable. They are restored into community, and I'm certain they won't forget this day. Just because they didn't turn around and put themselves at Jesus' feet, they will be thankful to Jesus 
and they will tell the story of how they were healed because it's a big difference between having leprosy and not, and they're not the only ones who will notice. They will be restored into community and their story individually and as a group will live on forever. But Jesus seems to, to, to single out the one who comes back and says, where are the other nine? And I tend to think that where Jesus was, this region between Samaria and Galilee, and here is a Samaritan, and he says, well, only this foreigner. I'm like, well, you're in Samaria. Who do you find in Samaria other than Samaritans? I think Jesus was using this one who is healed, who doesn't need to go to the priest. That was not part of that tradition. He is going to go back to his community. And Jesus is planting a seed of transformation in a place that he intends the church to go for the gospel to be heard, for lives to be changed later. And so this Samaritan who says, I can't wait to tell you the story of the man named Jesus who did this for me. And so when the early church and and Jesus sends through the power of the Holy Spirit for them to go to all nations, baptizing all people, In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he certainly went to the village where that man who was healed lived. Gratitude. And perhaps in our own lives, we experience gratitude when we've gone through a transformation. In this case, someone who's been out of community and then is restored. But perhaps you've had other occasions in your life where something that you've experienced as a gift of grace from someone else, and that's really the root of gratitude is grace. Someone has given you a gift, and it's made all the difference, and you can tell the story of your before and your after, and some of us have dramatic stories of change, and we can look and thank God for the people that were sent into our life, or even having a direct experience of Christ. Being gratitude is a spiritual response knowing that what we have has been given as a gift from God. But I'd like to, to, to pivot to the second or the first reading by, by reading, I, I know I say this all the time, one of my favorite scriptures. I'm allowed to have a lot of them. But this one truly is. And we know this passage, at least uh, this is the, the foreground to a passage from Philippians 4, because I really think that in this case, those 10 lepers who are healed go through such a dramatic transformation that their outpouring of gratitude is so evident, because they knew what it was like to suffer. They knew what it was like to be excluded, and everything changed. So Paul writes in Philippians, He says, I have learned what it is to be content with what I have. I know what it is to have little. I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and being in need. And then we know the punchline, right? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So Paul is talking about, I think, a spiritual byproduct of living a life of gratitude, which is contentment. And it's particularly 
uh, evident with people who've gone through a transformation, who've had something big happen, that their, their natural reaction is to be gracious to other people and to learn it's not about the stuff because they've been without stuff, they've been without people, they've been without relationships, and now they've been restored. As Paul says, I've learned what it is to be well-fed and I've learned uh, what it means to be hungry, to have nothing and have everything. But some of us haven't had the kind of experiences that have brought us to our knees where we've been just rocked by life and then had a transformational moment. Some of us, if we admit it, have had rather privileged lives. And that's what I think he's talking about when he wrote the letter, Paul, I should say, to the Corinthian church. And he does, so in chapter 9, it's often used in stewardship campaigns. God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give out of compulsion. Uh, Don't give because you're forced. Give because you are filled with gratitude. So one way to get gratitude, as I said, is you have a a, a transformational experience and you attribute that to God. But if that doesn't work for you, Paul basically says, you need to behave your way into getting gratitude and contentment. One way is to go through a transformation. The other way is is what I consider the very spiritual fake it till you make it strategy. So Paul writes in that chapter 9 about the Macedonian church that was living in poverty as compared to the Corinthian church which was filled with some who were poor but others who were very wealthy. But the Macedonian church was able to give generously out in in a sacrificial way to the financial gathering that Paul was doing for the church in Jerusalem. So as he set up new communities all over, and he would stay for a little while, form relationships, and then later, years later, he came back and said, now's the time, and we're gonna take this money to sort of the, the mother church in Jerusalem to support the saints there. The Macedonians who were poor gave generously, sacrificially, in an inspirational way, and so what Paul does is he says, look at your brothers and sisters in Macedonia. Why are you so stingy? You have everything. Are you not filled with gratitude because you recognize that everything you have is from God? Okay, then try being generous. Be generous, be sacrificial. Give of yourself. To, and the extent that you sow, you will reap. The extent that you scattered seed, you will reap the harvest. Fake it till you make it. If you're not feeling it in your heart, behave your way to it. And you'll change your heart the opposite way. You'll get transformed in the making of it. So spiritually, generosity is a pathway to gratitude. Learning to be generous with our money, giving ourselves away, if you truly give fully and generously, and then you realize, wow, I still have a house and heat and food I didn't go broke. I don't have to hold it so tightly. I can give fully of, from my resources knowing that God continues to bless me over and over again. But that's not the only kind of way of being generous. Being generous with our words, with our actions, giving ourselves away tends to come back. I remember one of the first uh, songs I learned in Sunday school, and it's so amazing to me, the power of music. Right, Melody? 
The songs I learned in Sunday school when I was just very little, I remember to this day. And I've had the, the good fortune of being with people in some of the last moments of their life, and they might not remember anything else, but they remember music. And I remember love is something, if you give it away, you end up having more. Has anyone ever learned that song? Do I need to sing it? Lori's <laughs> like, yes, let's get it on video right now. You can YouTube it. Uh, but it's true. That's what Paul is saying. By being generous, we give our love away, we give our praise away, we give our thanks away, we give our peace away, our kindness, compassion. And guess what? If you're really nice to people, they become really nice to you. If you're stingy and rude, people are not going to be very nice to you. That's just like basic human relationships. So Paul says to the very affluent church to give of yourselves, to give yourself into generosity, and in doing so, it will produce the kind of contentment that Paul talks about, of knowing the secret of being well-fed and going hungry, of having everything and having nothing, but in all of those circumstances, in any and all circumstances, knowing that God is with you, that you are blessed, that you are loved, to give ourselves away. So as we gather for Thanksgiving in whatever, whatever ways that you will, let us remember the source of our blessings and let us give ourselves with generosity to one another. Amen.